0: Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer Podcast, brought to you by Rocket Agency. I'm your host, James Lawrence. Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer Podcast. I'm joined today by Daniel Costa. Dan, welcome to the pod. Hey, James. Thanks for having me back. It's very, very good. So for those of you that haven't uh, already listened to one of Dan's pods, Dan is currently head of SEO at Rocket, which means that he owns the entire SEO product at the agency. So that's, that's our approach to SEO our philosophy, manages the SEO team and and the results that we drive for our clients. Throughout his career, Dan's worked with brands like Tommy Hilfiger, Calvin Klein, Foot Locker, Jim's Cleaning Group, Soul Origin, a bunch of other big brands, as well as lots of smaller brands and I think particularly relevant for the the conversation today, lots of brands where local SEO and local search is certainly really important to them. So the topic we're gonna discuss today is local SEO in 2023. So I guess to start with, Dan, like, why should businesses care about
1: local SEO? Yeah, look, I did a bit of research in terms of up-to-date stats in terms of why local is important. I guess to summarize it, if you're not kind of visible on your map searches, you're just leaving money on the table. So for example, what I saw was 30% of all mobile searches are related to a location-based keywords. I actually think it's potentially even more than 30%. Mm. Then there was another one, 78% of people who search for something are looking to visit that business within a day, which I found was pretty interesting. Yeah. And then 28% of searches for something nearby actually results in a purchase. So yeah, as, as I mentioned, if, if you're not there for all those sort of people that are doing those kinds of searches, yeah, it's just a missed opportunity. So I think that's why it's really important.
0: Yeah, totally. We've kind of seen just this massive spike over the last, I guess, three, four five years in terms of local searching insert product or service near me, nearby type searches. Um, so I think for any business where you have a physical location or locations or where geography might be important for someone looking for someone like you, it's definitely worth listening to this pod. Because even like an agency like Rocket, where you know technically we can serve as clients in a whole range of different places, you still see that search terms related to Sydney, Surrey Hills, near me to drive a, a big chunk of inquiries and that's a business where you know we're not exactly like a gym or a restaurant where we're we're kind of hyper local where clients can still engage with us despite not physically look coming into the office which i think is an interesting thing i guess we like in terms of the starting point gmb profile is that kind of where you would logically start
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the most important aspect to this. It is now called the Google business profile. So you'll probably see that that's now what your, what used to be GMB profile is now being called online. So yeah, your Google business profile, if you haven't got it set up, then should probably go ahead and do that after this. It's a fairly straightforward process. Google, you know, they just ask for like a name, address, phone number, that kind of stuff, images, business descriptions, all those just like main things about your, your business. Uh, and then you need to get it verified. There's a few different verification methods that they offer. I know back in the day they used to do the postcard a lot. I'm not seeing that too much these days. Mm. I think they're getting over all the however much it costs for them to actually send out these postcards to all these businesses. So sometimes they ask for like a phone call or like a video recording of your actual location. So yeah, get, get set up on Google business profile. You'll, you'll see if someone types your brand name in often to, to the right of that search result, you'll see the the knowledge panel or the Google, my business, uh, Google business profile, sorry, uh, profile appear there. So it's good for your brand visibility.
0: Yeah, totally. There's a really good, for I guess, for those of you that are, um, want to go deeper into this topic, there's a really good study done each year by WhiteSpark um, out of North America. And they kind of break local search into two different areas. They've kind of got the local pack on one side and then you've got local organic kind of on the other, which is the different parts of the Google search engine results page. And in terms of the local pack, they attribute 32% of where you will rank in that section um, entirely to do, I'm gonna say GMB, I'm just gonna keep saying it, that's gonna happen probably 15 times in this part. <laughs> but your, um, your, your Google business profile, as it's now known, but yeah, basically your your ability to rank in that local pack is so heavily driven by signals within, within the G, the GBP as it's now known. So within that down, like what would be your just top level recommendations to businesses
1: that want to optimize that profile? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's funny. GBP doesn't roll off the tongue as good as GMB does. Hey, 100%. we're going to, I think this could be a decade before we get used to it. Yeah. but And no, in, in terms of, yeah, that local pack, it's really important. Like the amount of real estate it takes up on the search results. Yeah. It's definitely what you should be optimizing towards. In my personal view, I think that reviews are probably the biggest player here. Yeah. The more five-star reviews you have, uh, the more beneficial it is. Within those reviews, you should try to seek them organically. I know there's these services out there where, you know, they'll get you 50 five-star GMB reviews in two weeks. I'd probably avoid that. I'd go that natural or more organic approach to getting reviews. Within those reviews, it's also beneficial if you actually have keywords within those um, actual reviews from customers. Don't stuff them in. So for example, if you've got like a cycling store, don't ask your customer to say, this had the best short sleeve men's jerseys near me, <laughs> for example, make it, make it sound more natural, but it's also a good idea to incorporate, try to incorporate the keywords in those those reviews. Also encourage responding to those reviews. Google likes to see that you're actually interacting with your community and your customers as well. Even if it's a negative review, sometimes you'll get just an unhappy person. Sometimes it's good to just, respond to that person, clear the air, because there there might be someone looking at it. And if they see that you've responded, they might be like, oh yeah, that person was just not in the best mood that day, but they'll still go ahead and visit your store. For example, the reviews are really important. You can post updates as well on your your profile. So if you're pushing out blogs, for example, or let's say you're an e-commerce store and you've got like a Black Friday sale coming up, you can push that on your Google business profile as well. Again, that shows Google that you're trying to post and uh, refresh content for your customers. Um, So I think those two things are really important. And then just making sure that NAP details are consistent with citations, which we'll probably get into a bit later, but your NAP details, that's your name, your address, and your phone number. Just make sure that's all accurate. Even like your trading hours, make sure that that's up to date, matches what's on your like contact us page, for example, on your, on your website. hundred percent. I think some,
0: some things we've, we've talked about over the years, if you're going to build a review strategy where you're encouraging your customers to post a review, um, which you, you should be doing physically or digitally encouraging them to upload a photo, like photos in reviews play really, really strong reviews that get up weighted. So people that are there liking particular reviews generally just two likes will then have that review stick to the top. So you can find a review that you really like and then kind of encourage, you know, customers or stakeholders to, to like that having your area code in your, in your phone number kind of, Speaks to proximity, I guess, location. Something we've done a lot, Dan, I guess, is to put UTM tracking in the link of the GMB, GBP, so that you can actually track separately within analytics visits coming from there as opposed to just coming from Google proper, which can be quite an effective way, I guess, to measure how your actual local business profiles are going.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's a good point. Um, Yeah. UTM tracking is really good, especially if you've got multiple locations, Exactly. Yeah. like if you're a restaurant with five separate restaurants, it's, it's good to have UTM tracking on each of those. So you can kind of see which one of those is performing the best on like local packs as an example.
0: Yes, yeah. And the, um, that white spark survey we talked about, it kind of tr- it tracks over time, the growth or decrease in how important different parts of local the different components are. And you look at link signals and they're kind of diminishing a little bit, but you look at review signals and review signals keep getting more and more important each year along with the G, yep. GBP. So I think it's such a, if you don't have that proactive review strategy, which is so important for a local business to get out there. And this is only speaking about to get things to rank organically well. It's not even talking about customer experience and social proof and the, the importance that reviews play to people that, um, might not necessarily even you know, click onto your profile.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and something that we like to recommend here at rocket is for businesses that do have, or do rely on that local search and that local visibility heavily. Uh, if you do got like a brick and mortar, a physical store try to incorporate like a review culture within the team. Like for example, when I was at a restaurant the other week, our waiter at the end of the day came back and, and let us know and said, Hey, we're actually running a little competition. Whoever can get the most five-star reviews gets a $50 gift card. So even like a tiny little thing like that can get 10 extra reviews on the website. And yeah, you can incentivize your staff or whoever with a a small gift card, but it's, it's beneficial at the end of the day to, to get that long-term visibility. So that's something I think is, is important just building that culture within the office or within the, the, the location.
0: Yeah. Inventiv- incentivizing staff, not incentivizing uh, reviewers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> incentivizing the middleman. What, what a loophole. <laughs> um, then in terms of uh, citation building strategies, what, what's your kind of feedback there for, for local SEO?
1: Yeah, so citations, I think, are a really quick win for most businesses, even if you're not too reliant on local-based searches. Uh, you can do a quick Google, just like top 50 free Australian directories. You'll find a list, go on there, just create a profile your business. It helps improve like the local authority, I guess, within your region. If Google sees that you've got a bunch of directories that, have, that say, Hey, this is X business, the phone number, the address. And this is tying back to what I said earlier, make sure that the name, address, phone number, so the NAP stuff is all consistent. Yeah. If you've got like a different business name on one, then it's slightly like a variation on your, your Google business profile. And then the phone number hasn't been updated, whatever it is, making sure they're all consistent. Yeah. Really good thing to do, but yeah, the citations it's it's around that local authority, you could say they are a form of link building. Um, they're not your traditional, like guest posting as a typical link building strategy Mm -hmm. would entail. This is really important. If there's any local element to a campaign, I'm hundred percent doing some sort of citation work for that's them in. and it's just so practical Like it,
0: regardless of the technical proficiency of anyone listening to this pod it's, anyone can do it and it's just a time task so whether it's something that's worth you the listener spending the time on or whether it should be someone in your team or a junior but just looking up all those different directories where you can get a link and then crucially making sure that the data in each of them is congruent because it can be so detrimental where you might have slightly different business names or an old address and a new address. And it, Google is trying to deal with so much data that having incorrect name, address, phone number can be highly detrimental to visibility in local search. Yeah, 100%. So I think listener understands, okay, we're talking optimizing the GMB, getting those categories filled out, review strategy. When Google gives you that opportunity to engage with it, take it do posts relevant to whatever initiatives you've got going on. We've talked a little bit there about link building and I don't want us to go down the local link building kind of route on this pod, but what about the actual website proper? Because obviously, well maybe not obviously, we know that what you're saying on your website can have a massive impact on how you then rank for the local SEO search terms. Like what are, your, um, what are the big themes there that, that you often see prospective clients coming
1: to us just not doing very well? With anything, we we need to be looking at the website and optimizing there as like the main part of the strategy. So for example, like if we're approaching an SEO campaign here at Rocket, optimizing the content on the website, metadata, other on-site elements, that's definitely the priority. And then like the Google My Business citations, that's all kind of supplementary. So yeah, to complement the local work that we've just spoken about, you need to make sure your your website follows your usual SEO best practices. So do some keyword research, whatever your, your core business offering is or different services you offer. For example, I like to use a tool called MergeWords. If you go to MergeWords and you just copy and paste five services and then 10 locations, it'll automatically spit out all the different variations possible for that location plus service. You can put that into Google keyword plan, or if you do have a paid tool like SEMrush or Ahrefs, put it in there. Just do some local keyword research. You'll find different locations have different ways of being searched for that, that same service, make sure that that's incorporated into your content. Let's just, let's use an example with rocket. We created an SEO agency page because we saw that there was a lot of demand and a lot of search volume around people typing in SEO agency in Sydney. So we did keyword research around SEO plus Sydney came up with a new page, new URL. We've got metadata that's unique to SEO agency in Sydney. And we're starting to increase our visibility for local base keywords. Through that keyword research so in terms of yeah the on-site go about it as you would any other page even if it's not local base intent but this time just make sure you have the actual location or the suburb name or the region name incorporated into like your titles your headings and the content itself
0: yeah and that's it's, it's interesting in the, in the um in that white spark survey in some ways I think five to 10 years ago, on-page was probably having a diminishing impact in terms of local SEO, but it's definitely coming back now. And you see that the survey that on-page signals are starting to jump back up again. And in that survey, exactly what you've said, Dan, is a dedicated page for each service is the number one thing to do. And then the second is internal linking across the entire yeah, website. Sure. What would your advice be there? Because like, we've seen some pretty spammy content built out over, you know, in the, I think classic in the trades where you'd have kind of plumbing and electrician and you'd have every single suburb in Sydney, you know, thousands of uh, pages with the same structure, the same copy, except for the service and the the suburb being changed out. And obviously with AI and generative content very easy to do that but how what would you advise in terms of doing that in the in the right way in a way that google's going to like it
1: yeah it's it's a tricky one because it's so easy to come across as spammy um and i think yeah the trades industry is the perfect example if you type in plumber sydney or Surrey hills go onto their website i can almost guarantee that they've got 300 other location pages um at the end of the day look it, it does work that's why obviously people are still doing it to this date. so there's an element of it that does work and I'm all for creating multiple like location pages the way I like to approach it is it's not good enough anymore to just have the same content and then just swap out the the suburb name and then just rinse and repeat across all yeah. of them so now it, it does depend on how many regions how many sub suburbs we want to target I typically like to start with just like a top 10 top 20 um suburbs to target And then what we like to do is we like to create content templates. So just a rule of thumb, I like to have one different template for each three locations. So let's say, for example, you wanna create nine location pages, you should have three different templates. Within those templates, it's a similar thing. You're gonna write similar headings, similar content, but they're gonna be unique enough from each other. And then you can kind of interchange those templates across multiple locations. So I think that's kind of the fine line between having the exact same content across 500 pages versus having a handful of templates being shared across a handful of pages. If you want to go that route of each month you write a new piece of content for a new location page, that's probably the best way to do it. You're just going to be there for a while trying to write unique content for every single suburb. Within those pages as well, have local pictures. Like I've seen some websites where they'll have like a local shopping center, for example, and it helps just create that that local trust and someone who's actually searching in that suburb is like, oh yeah, I know that that shopping center, or I know that like pharmacy, whatever it is having that as well is a good idea. FAQs again, I think are good. If you can say what's let's say a plumber, for example, what plumbing services do we offer in the Surrey Hills region? For example, we've worked on this project or that project, or if you're a,
0: if you're a restaurant, you might talk about, you know, the best bottle shop to go to is p and v around the corner because it's got a great range it's actually bringing in content that is genuine specific useful rather than just creating generic pages that um are ostensibly just spam right yeah that's right we're kind of chatting it's kind of two interesting areas here i think one is the local seo myths and so the first one was that geotagged photos uploaded into the the gbp helps it doesn't the second were keywords in the gbp description don't sit there spamming every single keyword into the description. Google knows that. The third one is <laughs> keyword stuffing in owner's response to reviews. So you get a review and then you write back saying, thank you so much. We're the best cafe in Leichhardt. The reason we're the best cafe in Leichhardt is because customers like you think we're the best. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. And then the um, same again, stuffing keywords into your Google Q&A. So it's just that, I think a lot of this stuff just makes sense, doesn't it? It's just, um, it's, it's best practice. It's treat Google, you know, <laughs> like you want your users to actually engage and and create. And then what about negative ranking factors, Dan, just the stuff that
1: absolutely don't do? Yeah, look, I think it ties back into the sort of last point I made in terms of having like identical content. Definitely don't do that. Or like when I say identical, don't have the exact same headings of content and just swap out the the location. That's just not going to work these days. I would also look at making sure that the content you're having is consistent. Let's say for example, you're creating a location page and you're listing your services. Make sure that that's consistent with what's on your Google business profile. For example, don't say that you do this, this, this on your location page, but then Google business profile says you do something else. Try not to hide any like addresses or locations as well. I know sometimes there's cases where you don't necessarily want someone to visit your office or your location. I'd still keep it in there. Maybe I'll just say located in, Sydney, New South Wales, for example, you don't need to list the actual address. I wouldn't respond in a bad mood to any negative reviews as well. Again, going back to what I said earlier, sometimes people just aren't in the best mood, they might be upset, leave a one-star review, just try to be professional understanding, respond to them. Again, other stuff I mentioned earlier, make sure all your NAP details are consistent. You don't have any like outdated trading hours and numbers, for example, just make sure it's all pretty straightforward. As you said, just make sure. You just follow the prompts on your Google business profile, make sure it's all up to date. Same thing on the directories in the content as well. Just, yeah, just make sure that you're not doing anything to mislead a user, especially around like areas you're, you're servicing.
0: Uh, one that we didn't cover too much, but is really important is to make sure that the primary category of your GMB is actually accurate. I think having often that one will be one where clients will have set up a GMB years ago, didn't correctly label the category. That's a massive one. So just making sure that the category is the most relevant one for yourself, making sure yep. there's no duplicate duplicate listings of similar business or the same business at the, the similar or same address. And then yeah, just reviews, right? Low reviews. It was quite funny back in the day, uh, the algorithm didn't take into account the tone or sentiment of reviews. There was a pizza shop owner in New York who realized that by jacking up his negative reviews and getting some velocity there, he'd rank, <laughs> he'd rank, <laughs> he'd rank better on Google. Um, they pretty quickly fix that. So if you if you're kind of oscillating between a one and a two star review, as your average, you're, you're going to get penalised. So try to get it up there above that above that four. But nice one, Dan. I think that anyone who's got a local business that listens to the pod can hopefully take away at least one practical thing to implement to to generate better better uh, rankings and and traffic from their local SEO in 2023.
1: Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of quick wins with the local SEO, and a lot of them are very practical where you can set up your Google Business Profile yourself, get directory set up yourself. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those things that I feel like anyone can really do. Beautiful. Thanks, mate.
0: Thanks for listening to the Smarter Marketer Podcast. Stay up to date about new episodes on LinkedIn and Instagram by searching for Smarter Marketer Podcast. You can purchase your own copy of Smarter Marketer via the Amazon website. And if you want a second opinion about your business's approach to digital marketing, send me an email, L at rocketagency.com.au or visit the rocketagency.com.au website. Thanks for your time.